The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Warning, this podcast may contain some bad language and content that some listeners may find offensive. Nailed it. First time. Welcome to the Seesaw Podcast with Tea and Cleaves. Each week, offering up a great perspective on life. Hey Cleaves. Hello, how are you? Not bad. Welcome everyone to Seesaw Episode 7, I think this is. 7? Episode 7. Lucky number 7, all the best things happen on 7. For example, the 7th of July. Um, Your birthday. Yep, seven, double 7, mate. And also 7 attempts to try and record this. It's... We should probably preface it by saying this is the second time we've tried to record this one because the first one was a total write-off. Sometimes you just you don't feel it. And it isn't as though we didn't have good content. Uh, just to be clear, what I felt was shame this morning from um, drinking way too much and throwing up all over your bathroom. But the worst thing was as well, you know, when I got to the bathroom and I was going to be sick, I just wasn't fast enough and the toilet seat was down, so I threw up all over the top of the toilet. The issue was that you were the one who put the toilet seat down from the previous time you went in. No, 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 not the case. Because I tried fumbling with that toilet seat for a little while and I just couldn't figure it out. So I did it on top. It's fine. Then I wiped all the sick off onto my legs. Well, these things happen. (laughs) Yeah, but they shouldn't be happening at my age. I should have learned this 20 years ago. But anyway, how are things, Cleves? Yeah, good. The house is moving along. Searches are done. So, you know, hopefully I'm going to be moving in within, hopefully, by the end of March. How about you? Not bad. I think everyone's getting sick of this lockdown now, aren't they? I think we're all just done with it. Boring. I think that's the thing. Everyone's just getting bored. There's so many new hobbies you can try, isn't there, before you realise that a lot of hobbies suck. I think hobbies are best when you're sharing them with people and it's really difficult to share them when you're at home. And you sort of get the Stockholm Syndrome thing going on, don't you? Is it Stockholm Syndrome? That's when you identify with your captors. Yeah, but your captors your house. What are you say? You're identifying with your own house? Yeah. And Be the walls. Yeah. Sometimes I pretend to do that, just stand in the hallway, pretend I'm a petition. So there's a lie on the floor and pretend I'm a carpet. Usually after a few beers, but... Yeah, last night I was pretending that was your bathroom floor for sure. Oh, yeah. And you tried to redecorate as well. I can only apologise. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but you did, so it means that it's fair game. Uh, yeah, I feel like um, you have to uh, apologise on a, a public forum for it. What are we chatting about this week, Leaves? We are going to talk about games, because that's what we said we were going to talk about in the previous podcast. Only we're not, because we tried that last night and it fucked up. Yep. So instead, we're going to talk about... Education. Edu- yes, education. <laughs> it slipped to my mind for a second. Yep. Education. So I think we're going to go over mainstream, which is regular education. We both went to a regular school. And we'll also cover 
disabled, like disability specialist establishments because we also went to a blind college. That's where we met. Oh, the story of where we met. We'll get to that. <laughs> when Harry met Sally. And in this scenario, just to be clear, I'm not the woman. I'm mean, Sally. Okay, that's fine. Also, we didn't get together either. We didn't, no. Not in the, that sense. Well, we drunk a lot. Who knows what happened? I like to think I knew. <laughs> Mainstream education. So going to a regular school. There was some weirdness in, in my youth. Because I I originally went to the same school as my older brother. But then I was transferred to another school in the neighbouring town. Because they were better suited for disabled children. It was still a normal... Be honest. Did you get kicked out because you were a special kid? I wouldn't say kicked out. I think it was more advised that I go elsewhere. Right. Have you seen that scene on Forrest Gump? Where he's like, your child is here. Retarded children are here. Your kid's way down here. Was it one of those scenarios? I don't know. I'll have to ask my parents about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must have been seven years old at the time. I, I was shipped off, basically. I say was it, was off. the other school near where you lived, at least? It was around 15, 20 minute drive. Drive? Yeah. What, the original school or the new one? The new one. The original one was a walk. Like oh. A twenty-minute walk. Why? What was so bad about that first school in the mood to change? I just don't think they were equipped for my needs. And when I say not equipped, I think the the school I went to just they had a specific department for the county that dealt with like visual impairment and blind students. And because it wasn't really that far, the idea was okay, go there, set him up better for life. Mixed results, to be honest, because my education wasn't really that different. So, was this, so what was different at the second school than the first one? So at second school, I learned Braille. Oh, how useful is that in today's, today's society? Anyone who keeps an eye on Twitter knows my opinions of Braille. What's well, useless? It's not useless. Name me, name me one scenario where it's useful. Hmm... Drugs packets. Drugs packets, think? yes. I don't know why I gave you the answer to my question. Like, <laughs> I, I, I have, thought of it. I have some tablets here on the desk, and they're a braille one. And I still do really... They're also small blue pills. Didn't get them from Bilton. Not the only thing that's small. I don't think Bilton would put braille on his merchandise. He would. He'd, he'd poke holes in it. With a compass. I mean, he could, but that's his like, needless... Like, just for my sake, that would mm-hmm. be great. But I don't think he should be doing that in general. So nice. It's a lot of waste of time. He's very customer service orientated. Surprisingly so for uh, someone that oh, sells drugs out of an ice cream van. Uh, van. He shows up on Boxing Day. So <laughs> he's very customer <laughs> focused, yeah. isn't he? So I, I learned Braille at the age of, what, six or seven years old? They taught you that in regular school. I don't even know what class I would miss to do it, but it was generally they'd take me out of a class. Probably something useless like English. When have you but, ever used English? Well, have you ever, you probably use it all the time because I've seen you watch a film or, a, or read a book and just totally rip it apart. I think that's a really good English, Eng- <laughs> English ruined you at a small age because you, your inability to just sit back and enjoy things. I, I would admit that I am very hypercritical. Like, we have had many chats over the years, even phone calls that, when we were watching Game of Thrones that you used to call Game of Moans. 
Because I used to pick apart the writing. <laughs> a lot of it was true, though. Game of Thrones, it was just a, quite a severe drop-off after like season four, wasn't there? There definitely was. There definitely was. But I enjoy picking things apart. <laughs> That's what I do. Be- because it's all about improvement, isn't it? It's... <laughs> Game of Thrones didn't improve, did it? It just declined and then ended. I know, and I'd read the books at that point, and I think any <laughs> fan of the, the books thought... They they wanted better of it, considering how strong the start was, just to see the diminishment of quality, considering the budget went up. Well, that's, for that, that that's one fashion. episode a season it went up, usually episode nine of the ten. Yeah. Oh, and episode one as well, when they had to clear up, like, last season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One and nine, usually. In any case, I, I learned Braille. Um, I also learned to touch type on a really old computer. Oh, actually, I, I learned that at school as well. That's weird. And this is when computers were not widespread. We're talking, what, 93, 94? Fuck off. You, there's no... You, you did not learn that at, in 93. What, was I six years old? You did not learn to touch type in 93. I did. Fuck off. I did. What, what would that be? Year, what that year? is a lie. That is a lie, sir. No, I was in year there's two. No, there's no one that is teaching you to touch type on a computer in 1993. It was in year two... And it was with one of these like uh, adventure games. Like you learn to touch type on the adventure game. <laughs> Sounds so lame. <laughs> it it worked. It worked. Okay. Okay. And I learned to to touch type on a computer. Now the, <laughs> the ironic thing was there was only one computer in the entire school, and it was the one that that the the principal, like the headmaster, used for correspondence and taxes and stuff like that. So I did it in his office. Right. So he had to like piss off for like an hour a week while I learnt to type. That also meant that I learnt to touch type long before I ever had a computer at home. So it was kind of a, a dormant skill for like three years. I learned how to touch type and then for three years I couldn't do anything with it. Oh, there's typewriters, baby. It was the same with Braille as well. Like I had a Brailler in the classroom and they are like old That's Perkins. dormant now, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is. Would you like to, at this point, explain what a Brailler is to anyone that isn't? A Brailler is just a typewriter for producing Braille. But that Brailler was so loud. Like, we're, we're talking old Perkins Braillers. Yeah, I know, because... That made a tanks. I used to have one, didn't I? Like, when I was, like, 16, 17, and I used to go down the pub, a guy at the pub gave me a Brailler. Apparently, he used to... I don't even, I don't even know the guy. I think I'd only met him once, and we got, just got chatting at the pub one night, and he... Used to clear out like old garages and stuff and sell the stuff. And it's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this brailler. Do you want it? I don't even know how we got to the point that I was blind. I probably had my stick with me. No, I probably wouldn't have back then. Anyway, he gave me a brailler. And I had to carry that home one night. All, all I can imagine is you said to him how much you like seafoods and shellfish, but you found it quite <laughs> difficult to get them out of the shelves. Yeah. He's like, oh, I have an old Perkins brailler. And if you ever go to war and need to smelt something down to make an entire tank... <laughs> you can use it for that as well. Heavy as hell. I ended up selling that brailler like ten years later back to my old college. Funny story. Well, it's not funny, but um, I my braille teacher at the time told me a story about how indestructible brailers were, and she accidentally kicked a brailler down the stairs. How do you accidentally kick a brailler th- down the stairs? I don't know. Maybe she left it at the top of the stairs and then realised she had to get something else and thought it was there. Regardless, the brailler was kicked down the stairs. And she said she had hard wood at the bottom, like hard wooden planks on her floor. Brailler was absolutely fine, but they had to redo the section of their hallway because the Brailler took 
a huge gouging chunk and split the wood at the bottom. But Brayden was fine, absolutely fine. And this was kicked down a flight of stairs and just destroyed wooden flooring. So this was the the extent of what I was offered in mainstream school. Just the Brayden? Basically, the Brayden, which I wasn't allowed to use in class because it was so noisy. So I was ultimately moved to another school which had support. Wait, 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 wait. So just to be clear, you had a Brayden in your first school but then got moved to this new school? No, I, this all happened in the, the new school. So you're at a third school at this point? No, this was school two. My first school didn't have anything. Right. So they moved me to the new school where I learned to touch type and learned how to braille. Okay, yeah. But like I said, computers were too expensive and too niche for me to use one regularly. And the braille was too noisy. And the problem with braille is if I type anything out in braille, the teacher doesn't read that. No, true. So it's pointless. Yep. So ultimately, Back my... Then as it is today. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> the end of it was that I went to another school to not really learn much. I did learn some skills, but I couldn't apply them. So after I'd learned these skills, there was no reason why I couldn't have gone back to the original school, to be honest. Were you there all the way up until, like, secondary school, then? Up until secondary school, yeah. Um, did my 11+. plus. 11, you, you, this, you did not have an 11 plus at that age. Yes, I did. You're so, oh my God, no, you didn't. I did not have an 11, I'm literally in the same school year as you and I didn't have one. What do you think I mean? I did my 11 plus at that school. In year six? was it? That's what they had in Victorian times. I did an 11 plus, it was. It was like sats or something. No, I did an 11 plus. In Kent, well, I grew up, the 11 plus was a thing. Was Queen Victoria on the throne at the time? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I did, I've skipped history to learn Braille. <laughs> but I did an 11 plus and then went to a grammar school. And the grammar school was also kitted out for disabled children, visually impaired. And from that point, it was an enjoyable experience, to be honest. What, what, what sort of stuff did you have at secondary school? So there was a budget there, so they gave me a laptop. That's pretty sick. And someone to transcribe off the board if I needed it. Okay, that's good. It's better than what I had. Yeah, but the problem is it alienates you. You're already the disabled kid. And then this alienates you immediately. Well, here's what I did. At secondary school, they didn't give me a lot of um, sort of blinky technology. They gave me a light, uh, like a desk lamp sort of thing for technology, uh, because it was a bit darker in the workshops and like the woodworking shops and stuff. But I remember there was one teacher, I plugged it in one day, and they were like, you can't use that. You've got to go to the back of the class. I'm like, why? There was, there was someone that was really dickish about it. I just sort of stopped using it. That was a teacher. Um, they just didn't really understand that I needed it to help me light up the work that was in front of me to use it. And then what was that? Oh, um, the, my school was split into like a lower school and an upper school. So like the first three years, seven, eight, nine were a lower school. And then you had like, 10 and 11 and 6 form in the upper school. And in the upper school, we had a like a CCTV monitor. Basically, what it is, is just a screen that you put stuff underneath and you could, like, you, you put your document, your paper or whatever underneath and it, it would uh, basically magnify it or you could change the colour of the writing or the colour of the paper or whatever on the screen in front of you to make it easier to read. Yeah. Never used it, though. 
if I'm honest, and I think they paid a fair amount for it, but it was so fucking useless and took so long to do. You know, anything that you can do now on a phone at the click of a button, that's what this thing did, only it was the size of your house. I also had CCTVs growing up. Yep. Very expensive. Oh, actually, no. I did have one good thing, um, and that was a larger screen monitor in IT. It was something like a, I don't know, it was maybe like a 20-inch monitor. But if you can imagine back in the early noughties, they all had those big backs on them as well. They weren't like flat screen monitors. Yeah. So it was huge. Yeah, it's it's changed a lot now. But here's but... my point. Despite all of that, I, I guess for like years seven to nine, yeah, a bit of a nerd. But then like years 10 and 11, obviously my Cleve's personality shone through and it got me, you know, friends and girlfriends and things like that. So it didn't matter that I was blind. I was just, you know, sick as fuck. I overcame that sort of stuff. I think the, the issue with my instance is I never... I, I had friends, but <laughs> but not to the, the extent like what you did. And uh, To be honest, I have always had quite a good, close group of friends. To be honest, my, my friends have always helped me with everything. To be honest, I wouldn't be able to live the life I live now without my friends, so I've pretty much got that. I think that's a think. certain degree of luck. Yeah, yeah. A certain degree of luck. And I wasn't that lucky with friends. A lot of the things that I had in place, so laptops and someone to read off of the, the whiteboard or blackboard, depending, it, it alienates you quite a lot. And I think that didn't help. It really didn't, especially when you've got like a 65-year-old writing notes and they're sitting next to you writing notes off the board for you, which you're never going to read. But the council basically said, this is what we think you require. Maybe you just needed to have embraced it a bit more. Like those notes, I'd be passing around class like... Here you go. You know what I mean? Don't bother to take notes. I've got someone to do it for you. I'll just... Here's a photocopy. In hindsight, I would have done a lot of things differently. At the time, I don't know. Yeah, it toughens you up there, doesn't it? I think it does, and I think it gives you a bit of a thicker skin. And I think that's one of the benefits of being in mainstream. And I I did suffer from bullying and things like that. And because of your disability? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. And unfortunately, there were instances where... It was disabled versus disabled. <laughs> really? Yeah. There, no way. There was one instance where a kid with ADHD was being quite aggressive as far as a bully is concerned. Like, all kids get picked on by other kids. That mm. happens. But he was being quite quite tenacious with it. Right. Considering I've been let down by the school so many times, one day you just sweep the cane and just hack the back of his leg. Just because <laughs> the, he's just being an arsehole. Yeah. And then I get called into the office and said, you can't do that to him, he's got ADHD. Oh, okay. That's like, you, you've not been listening to all the issues that I've been having with this kid for the last three months. Yeah. And like the fact that I've got, I've had bruises and all sorts of stuff because of him. And now, what, because of ADHD? I didn't realise there was top trumps yeah. <laughs> when it came to disability. Sorry, mate, ADHD beats blind. Apparently so, according to this school. They, they didn't do enough. And that's... That's unfortunate, and bullying is a thing that does happen. Being disabled does bring it on a little bit more. I think it has the potential to. Mm. Dif- being different is not good. It's not until you get out of school and college and move on and you realise that the small differences mean nothing. People are just people, and you learn that when you start working. But school, I think it makes you a thicker, gives you thicker skin. I think it gave me thicker skin being in mainstream school, and I think it did help. But there, there were serious lackings there. The council in the UK determined what sort of help you get at school. 
if you have a disability. And I think they're completely detached and clueless. So you either don't get what you need or they give you the things that you they think you need, which are just complete overkill. But we also went to the other side of the coin. Blinky College. Blinky College. And before we go into Blinky College, I will say that my parents did take me to a school for the disabled to see how it would go. I went for an assessment day. Oh, really? Yes. And my parents didn't send me there in the end because, unfortunately, at the time, there was no distinction with different disabilities. So we went for this assessment day. And at the time, I had more sight than I have now, but it still wasn't great. But you go there and you walk around the campus and it's a lovely campus and it's a boarding school as well. But you're walking around, it, it seems lovely. But then you realise that some of the kids have cerebral palsy, some are severely autistic, some have Down syndrome, some have like musculoskeletal conditions, some are deaf, and they treat you all as if you're the lowest common denominator. Yeah, you are. You're money to them. Yes. So what they'll do is they'll they'll design the entire education and treatment of all the children based on the most disabled child because it's easy to just get that template and put it across the board. So my parents' attitude was, our kid's fine. It's normal. It's just his eyes don't work. But then you look at the syllabus and what they want to do and it's like, why why is he going to be brought up as if he has autism, and why is his education going to be based on that? And the school didn't have a satisfactory answer, so I didn't go. You didn't go to Blind College, though. I did go to Blind College, and that's where T met Cleves. And <laughs> I thought there was going to be a better jingle there. There wasn't. <laughs> yeah, well, you can edit that in if you want. Nope. Very uneventful meeting. We met in a class. Even though you moved down the hall from me. This is the thing, though, because you, I moved into college like a week after everyone else because I'd been on holiday. Yeah. I'll... And then spent the first week basically shitting my pants because I'd come back from Egypt and I'd got, like, Egypt belly, Pharaoh's belly. And, um, yeah, pretty much stayed in my room for a lot of it. Just um, sat in the toilet. Did have an ensuite, though. That's nice. All the rooms in Blind College had, a, had an ensuite. And they, I actually got did. the biggest room as well, weirdly. Because then you came last. I know. You had the largest room. Yep. And I had one of the smallest. They must have known that I was awesome. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a, a week after where you arrived. Out of curiosity, after, after your like, non-disabled school thing, how did you end up going to blind college? What made you... Why, why did you start... Why did you go there? Like, there's this blind college in Hereford, and I thought... This would be an opportunity to get some true independence because it's a boarding place, but it's not boarding school. You're giving you accommodation and you get it's basically like a university. And I said to the council, I want to go to this place in Hereford, the Blind College. But the council said no. Okay. They said your current school can accommodate you. So we said no, we're gonna debate that. We went to tribunal, all sorts of things, to say, no, this would be best for me. And they turned around and said, no, we'll accommodate you in your college. So I get there, and instead of doing sort of sports science and things like that, they basically threw me into every degree that, not degree, A-level, that didn't have enough participants that you do this or you don't go to yeah, college. Yeah. And the reason they said that I could, like, they, they flat out lied and said, you can't do these qualifications because you didn't do them at GCSE level. 
Right. Like these were the prerequisites. Instead of just saying that they were full. In the common room, literally a week into studying, I went and chatted to people who were on the courses I wanted to do and said, Did you do this GCSE? I'm like, no, I didn't do this in GCSE. I just fancy doing it now. <laughs> so it wasn't so much that the, if they said the courses were full in the first place, then that would have been fine. But it was the, 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 the flagrant lies. And this was in like the first few weeks of college. And at that point, I wasn't doing anything I liked. And I'd been lied to. So I completely checked out. I got my A-levels, but I completely checked out. I was very difficult to get on with as far as the staff were concerned. Nothing's changed. In hindsight, <laughs> yeah. In hindsight, it was a bit of a dick move, but I had so much resentment. It wasn't the, the place I wanted to go to. So begrudgingly, the council said, we'll pay for one year if you stop causing a ruckus. But after... You've done your A-levels. Because we've been fighting all this time. We didn't want to be like... Why would they do that, though? Because at that point, they surely have assumed that you've done your A-levels. It makes sense. I, there was all sorts of weirdness that I wasn't aware of at the time. Regardless, I went to the Blind College after doing two years of sixth form college. I'd already had my A-levels, so I went to... That dog. The dog is back. He's the new Bilton. He better not be. At least we know Bilton's leaving. <laughs> no Bilton, eh? He's not been around tonight. No, he hasn't. He was around earlier today. So, went to Blind College and that's where I met you. Blind College, what were your thoughts, Cleves? I despised it, to be honest, for the most part. Well, I moved in. Um, and after the week of shitting my pants and actually getting out into the lectures... I should probably preface this by saying the reason I went to Blind College is I did my A-levels but failed two out of three. So I had to do it. I didn't even have to do it. I'd already got into university to do French, but I failed French at A-level. So I thought, oh, I'll go to this Blind College and retake French to make sure that I actually have a decent footing by the time I go to uni. So French was one of the things that I took. Made me take media because I needed excess courses to get to get in there. And then they, they force things on you because it's a blind college and they assume that you can't do anything for yourself. They make you do things like living skills and mobility skills, which is living skills is things that people should already know by the time they're 18, such as how to wash your clothes, how to cook, how to clean, that sort of thing. But a lot of parents are negligent with their disabled children and just teach them how to do nothing. So a lot of people got to college and can't wash, can't iron, can't make a bowl of cereal for themselves. So that was a lesson in itself for some people. Again, I was signed off after two weeks. The first week he went, oh, can you make a sandwich? And he was like, right, you can go early. Next week, he was like, I'm going to make some food. What, what do you want to make? I was like, I don't know, spag bowl? He was like, yeah, great. I'll bring the ingredients in. I made it. And then we left. And never went back. That was the same for me. Yeah. But then there's some people there. The person that I was with at the time had no clue. Like, you know, the guy's teaching him how to use a grill to make a freaking sausage sandwich. I'm like, Christ, mate. He was younger than me. He was, he was 16. But still, at 16, come on. I lived with someone, and he would come up in stories, short stories with T coming forwards. A blind person who I lived with was like, oh, I want to make a chicken tikka masala. Fine. But then he started by frying the chicken in a frying pan. Yeah. With oil, like loads of oil. Right. And he just like deep fried his chicken. 
before like pouring the entire contents into a saucepan. Then oil and all. Oil and all. Oh, Jesus. The, the point is, you don't need to do that. Why not just chuck it all into one pot with your sauce? Is it going to be that much better? Well, if in it, it was actually worse because it was just a big thing of grease. Yeah. But the point is that this is where the living schools, uh, like the living skills, sorry, it, it lets down the blind kids and young adults because and they want to be empowering, but there's certain things, like we covered with the, the employment episode, where it's like, you don't have to do it this way. Like, if you're doing sausages, they don't have to be done in the frying pan. Hey, do them in the, the oven. oven. Bang them in the oven. oven. Grill, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not an issue. And there's, there's ways around it where you're like, you don't need to do it this way. Yeah, we can show you how to do it on a hob if you want, but you can do it in a slow cooker. Good, yeah, but I'm not that patient. I know, yeah, but if you're going to work, one <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Go to work, come back, and it's ready. Yeah. Mm, true. Exactly. Because they want to be empowering, they, if you went to them and say, I want to learn how to flambe, they'll show you how to do it. But first, I don't, I don't think that my living skills teacher would know how to flambe. No, but that's the thing. What are their qualifications? From what I got taught, I could teach living skills because I could probably teach you better because I can do it from a blind perspective. We never, I never had someone living skills or throughout all of my education, anyone from the council or any of my assistants or anything like that, none of them were visually impaired. And that's a skewed perspective. Because drive where they get, the, where they, drive around the county, mate. Yeah, but where are they getting their data from? Other blinkies. But everyone's different. Yep. But being a blinky, you, you can at least give some of your perspective. You can turn around and say, look, you want to do this, great, but I can show you other ways around it, or maybe there's maybe there's something you don't need to do. Yeah, but everyone's different. That's true, but that's what you can discuss with people. Well, they can do that. Yeah, they can. But the point is the college shouldn't be. We will tell some more stories about Blind College going forwards, but let's talk about who it's for. And <laughs> not meaning blind people, because it sort of goes without saying. I'll tell you who it's not for. Me. And that's because yeah. I was raised in regular school, just a crappy normal school. And then I went to a blind college, and it's it's full of blinkies. And a lot of them there have never been to uh, a regular school. And the problem with blind colleges is nothing like the real world. You get all the help that you need and everything. It's like it's, like its own miniature sort of, not utopia. Community. Dystopia, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's its own like... Uh... It's like a self-contained community that also reinforces negative behaviours and attitudes. It, the thing is, it's, it's nothing like the real world. Peter, for me, people shouldn't, that, those, those places shouldn't exist because it's not the real world. No one's going to come around and give you all this help. It's stupid. It's, yeah. it's nice that they can go there and get that help and they can get the education they need and they're supported, but it's not real life. No. All the money that the council is spending on sending that person to that college and the amount that's being spent on teaching and staff and upkeep and everything like that should be spent on getting those teachers into normal schools just to help them out. Yeah, it, it, it comes with training, like training teachers in mainstream schools. Yeah, yep. So who is the college for? I agree with you to an extent. I think it does reinforce a lot of negative behaviours and attitudes. 
the, the first issue is the social aspect. You think that it's a good idea to get around people that have similar conditions to you. The, the issue is if you've been sheltered all your life, then you act out because you've been given unlimited freedom because they ultimately don't care. So you'll have kids go there who have been sheltered their entire life and they'll start drinking underage, taking drugs and smoking and having sex because they've ne- they've always been outcasts and you're putting them in a place where there is an even playing field and you've also taken away supervision. And that usually results in excess, excessive drinking, excessive smoking, excessive drug use. Instead of it being a natural learning curve within a... Within they the, naturally got into drugs and excess. Well, the thi- the thing is, I don't, I don't, honestly, I know what you mean. I get, I get, I hundred percent lived it, but yeah. But that's the thing, isn't it? Like when you're around your your friends, like, let's say like, you're, you're trying the mar- like, try marijuana for the first time, right? You do it at a college, then it becomes an addiction immediately, where that becomes a part of you because you've never been allowed to do it, and that's how you make your identity. But if you're not at a blind college, if you're not sort of like haven't been sheltered your entire life and you've been allowed to make mistakes, you would have learned the ins and outs of it if that's the crowd you roll with. So it's not going to be a thing. You know the value of the thing. You also know what's good behaviour and what's not good behaviour. If the 18th birthday of a totally blind person at this college, they were knocking back beers because they'd never had access to them. It would always be a situation where they were encouraged that this isn't stuff that were allowed, blah, 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 blah. So we went to the student bar, and it was his 18th birthday, and he was knocking back beers, like like they're water, like they're on squash. Had to carry him back to his room across the road within an hour because he just had no understanding of what was responsible. He never had the experience in the pub where someone goes, you're a dickhead, slow down, or I'll get the next round in. Yeah, Ron Ashton has that experience once. I had it last night. Yeah, but... <laughs> You're a bit old for that experience. I am. So I, I think college does, especially at disabled college, does it takes the gloves off, and there's no moderation there. So who is the college for? I think if you've lost your sight, and I say as a young adult or even an adult, I think the college is useful to teach you new ways of doing things. But I think the instructors have to have experience. I think get visually impaired instructors. Right. To say, look, this is the way you, you know, get them counselling as well, because it can be a really tough thing. But then also get people in there and say, look, this is how you make a sandwich. Like These are the tricks. Know where you put things. This is the way to, to fill up a glass if you can't see, like fill up your glass of water. So there's techniques and things that you learn through experience, which don't require gadgets, but you know, it works through experience. And the, this is what I would say that is good for these people. And also, going on to it, getting educated in a field where there are jobs for blind people. This is somewhere that I think the college let a lot of people down. It was a, it's a good point that you were talking about blind people being taught relevant things. What, there's no point in teaching them like dance and shit like that, is there? Not if you're trying to set them up for career. If that's, a, if that's something they want to do on top of other things... Not, I'm never going to discourage that. It should be done as like a recreational subject. Though. That's you what should, I mean. You need something meaningful that you know you can go into afterwards. Every every blind person needs to be taught basic things, so like computer skills and things like that, to the point that you know they can get basic yeah. admin jobs. IT should be mandatory, and not not talking IT like network like old school IT where we were growing up. 
IT is in, this is how you use like Microsoft 365, every aspect of it. Yeah. This is how you Chrome, use Chrome yeah. and Google, like the G Suite. This is how you use basic EPOS systems like Sage. Yeah. This is how these work. Like we've got all the technology and screen readers and stuff that you can use at another company. But now you can get an admin job. You've got this training. And you start somewhere, don't you? Exactly. It's, it's not a sexy kind of thing to say, is it? Like, oh, we've trained you to be an admin person. But, you know, you, at least then, even if you can't get the bills. job that you want, you've got a job that you can get. Exactly. And it pays your bills. And gives you that self-esteem and identity. Mm-hmm. And it might not be glamorous, like you said, but it's still an identity. Call centre work. Call centre work. <laughs> administration <laughs> it work. It's so shitty to say that as well. But you know what? You've got to start somewhere. And it's better to have a job than not. Yeah, get them trained on something that there's a job at the end of it. Oh, there wasn't a careers advice at college. There was a careers advisor, but when I went there, they literally said, no, just take your A-levels and go to uni. I'm like... That's not advice, though. No. I think they have the expectation that you aren't going to get anywhere. Well, they need their numbers, don't they? They need to say X amount of people went from my college to uni. What about jobs? Going into work? It's not about that, is it? Their their main focus... But that surely should be... That should surely be their metric, not university, yeah, but sure. how many people coming out of here are in work. Well, they can't use that metric, can they? Because it'd make their college look fucking terrible. It would do. So who is the college for? <laughs> <laughs> well, who, how... I, I actually agree with you. Young adults that want to go back and probably retrain in stuff that already have experience of the, of the real world, as I call it, it's a good thing. Getting the funding, though, when you're older is very tricky. Yeah. Other than that, I can't really tell you who it's for because if it were up to me, they wouldn't exist and I would send all blind people to regular schools and then use that money that would have been spent on them going to these blind schools to train staff. I 100% agree. So who's the college for? No one. Really? I would have to agree. <laughs> um, I've got down here on, on the sheet like, what would be the improvements and that's the improvement. The improvement is take the money that the council are giving to send these people to college and use them to train staff in the area. Because the thing is, as well, once you're trained, then, you know, it's transferable, isn't it? If, if that, when that blind person leaves school, for example, that trained person can then potentially go and work at another school that has a blind person there. Yes. Whereas if you just spent 20 grand on that one blind person going to a blind college that's somewhere out of your own county anyway... Who even knows? Like like you said, they, they might go to college and just get wasted for three years and do nothing. Yeah. And there were people at college who, when we went, that had been there for three, maybe four years, and all they'd done has gotten wasted and done, like, remedial therapy. I mean, I was there for one year, and I spent that year getting wasted, and I achieved nothing. Yeah. Mine was very similar. In summary, abolish those colleges and put that money to good use. And as far as sort of the schools are concerned, like the schools like the, that are out there, and there are some blind-specific schools, like there's one in Worcester. My thing with that is councils get better at supporting parents, and parents, I'm going to say this based on a visually impaired child perspective. I come from a family of four boys, and I'm severely sight-impaired. I wasn't turfed off. That was an option, and my parents didn't do that, and I thank them for that. So if you're like, oh, it'd be easier for us to ship them off, and you're thinking, oh, and then you convince yourself, oh, well, it's going to be better for them. They're in a place where, you know, 
they're, they're around people, you're around their people, and they'd be better off for it. You know what? Fuck off, quite simply. It's a coward's way out. And you know what? You'll mess your kids up. If you put them in a visually impaired only environment for like all their educational years, don't complain when they're not working and they're on heroin and smoking weed. Wow. And just... <laughs> okay, it's an extreme, but extreme. don't complain if that's the case and they never amount to anything. They might not, but that's a very real possibility. And then you're always second guess. Maybe I should have just kept them in the reality of the real world. Don't take the easy ways out because you're just making the system worse. You're not changing anything. Cutting kids off to all these places. You're just admitting that there's something wrong with them and like society agrees that they're not going to be a contribution. So just put them in a corner. It's basically a camp. I wasn't going to say camp because I didn't want to make reference to episode one slash last week. But there you go. But it basically is. And if you, you feel like there's no options out there, make change. Be the one that makes positive change you want to see in the world. If you're not satisfied with how your council is doing things, get on there, get onto them. Because unfortunately, th- th- nothing's changing. Nothing's and nothing's going to change unless people get angry and get up in the face of the policymakers. And that's what's going to happen. So we've got to be proactive now. We have to keep fighting for equality and start starting education because there's honestly disability is what people make it. You're only as disabled as what society say you are. Because Paralympians are amazing people. But then there's the regular people. We, you, you don't have to, when you're disabled, there's a perception that you either have to be sitting at home, bobbing away, not doing anything, or some visionary Paralympian, you know, breaking world records. There's no middle ground, is there? There's no middle ground. Most of us are just getting on with life. Exactly. But we could do it somehow. They're the real heroes. <laughs> <laughs> they are the real heroes because they're just getting on with it. But you know what? I wouldn't mind life being a bit easier. I think we'll leave it there on that ranty, <laughs> ranty bombshell. You want to do some social plugs? Let's do some social plugs. If you have another opinion on this and have a good experience of a college or you're thinking, oh, I don't know what to do with my child's education, get in touch. We would like to hear about it because we, we want to spotlight the other side of things. And we're at seesawpodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at seesawpod. On Facebook, Seesaw Podcast. Instagram, Seesaw Podcast. TikTok, Seesaw Podcast. If there's Bebo still going, as alluded to last week, we'll be on Seesaw Podcast, no doubt. Bebo's gone. I'm pretty sure Bebo's gone. Bebo's Tuesday, 2001. Yeah, <laughs> well, I forgot about that shit. It's just our opinions a lot of this. So, yeah. get in touch. <laughs>